This is episode number 100 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Rubber B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And yes, you heard me right. This is our 100th episode of Hebrews in Exile. And we're pretty excited today because we're going to start a series on clarifying what it really means to be a Hebrew Israelite. What we've come to notice is that there are a lot of social media influencers and journalists out there that are latching on to trying to find out what Hebrew Israelites are all about. And they're really coming up short and missing kind of the key points of really what it means to be a Hebrew Israelite. So, without any further ado, 100th episode of Hebrews in Exile. You know what we do. Let's go! This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews Hebrews in Exile. Exile. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god you know, every time we come to do a podcast we look at each other we do the opening we start laughing oh my gosh that was but that that was genuine we, we that start, was genuine we start, why do we start laughing every time we get ready to do this I have no idea why uh, we do that uh, I just like look, looked up like are you gonna be the, you say something first <laughs> who's gonna talk first me or you <laughs> you, you <laughs> go ahead by all means sir. by all means by all means Sean <laughs> Yes, sir. Ambassador Appleton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is Yahweh's exiled empire along with Hebrews in exile. We are promoting the opulence of this nation that's called Hebrew. And we have run across a, a gentleman mm-hmm. who's trying to set himself off as being an authority Hmm. on Hebrew Israelites. Right. He speaks very, very firmly as if he knows what he's talking about. Right. He does. He does. But we have an obligation to the Most High Mm -hmm. to keep the narrative about him and his people pure, Mm-hmm. And to the textual, scriptorial, textual, and historical points. Yes, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna do something different in this podcast than that we've never done before, mm. and that is we're, we're yeah we're gonna literally disseminate the 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 I want to use the word rhetoric that is uh, coming uh, out on public and social media to describe what Hebrew Israel is. And so um, we've selected this particular video uh, with, I think it's Mike Winger and Alan Parr, and they're doing a dissertation on what a Hebrew Israel Israelite is. And I, I have to preface this as, as we were talking this weekend about this particular topic, is that we've got to understand as, as we're listening to this, um, and we're picking apart points because this is going to be the proxy for a lot of stuff that you'll hear on the internet about the Hebrew Israelites. So what's interesting about this is that we have Mike Winger, who's, um, is a pastor and, uh, both of these gentlemen are Christians. Um, they're Christian evangelicals. They're Christian evangelicals. Yes. Mm. And, um, they're doing a dissertation on Hebrew Israelites. So, the issue here, right off the bat, we just got to understand who they're talking about and who they're talking to. 
And you're going to see as we un unravel this is that the people that they're talking about are what we call Hebristians. They're individuals that are combining Hebraic thought, which there's a mitzvah about that that says we're not to mix, but they're combining Hebraic thought and Christian thought together. So technically, who these gentlemen are addressing are people who claim to be Hebrew Israelites, but still dabble in Christianity, which for us is a, a misnomer. That's a no-no. All right. So in, in essence, they're <clears throat> in essence, they're still Christians. That's correct. Yeah. And they're part and they're part of this Christian narrative correct. that these two gentlemen are trying to debunk. Right. So the Hebrew Israelites that they're saying that they're talking about are really Christians who have adopted the Hebraic way of life. And some aspects. Some aspects of it. So that's kind of systemic of what you're going to see about the individuals that are out on the street corner. They're still Christians. They they've still have the Christ narrative going on. You Matter of fact, some of the more prominent ones that you see coming out of New York, we talk about the purple and gold folks. Those are all, they still believe in Christ in their name. It's Israel united in Christ. So we got to understand these are two Christian evangelicals talking about Christians. Yeah, but the, the problem is, is that they have injected correct the Hebrew nation into their narrative. Right. So you're you're and since they've yeah. injected the Hebrew, the Hebrew narrative into uh, into their context, it's our obligation to make sure that we distinguish between the pure nation mm -hmm. of Hebrew Israel under the under the uh, species of the Most High Yahweh, as opposed to that which is not. Yeah, and and I would say this as this goes out on the airwaves and in the internet and social media, as people post this, we're more than amenable to sitting down with either one of these two gentlemen and discussing our position. I think what has to be said up front is that it's a little disingenuous to do an expose on the nation of Hebrew Israel and you have no one from Hebrew Israel representing Hebrew Israel. As we are ambassadors, we don't go to another country and say we're representing that country and we're not from that country. We can't do that. No one's gonna take you seriously. So this is kind of a peripheral view of what they think we are. And we're here to, to enlighten and to teach and Basically, set the record straight. Yeah, well, the, I, I hear what you're saying. The question is good. The, the question they would ask is, mm -hmm. well, uh, what makes you all Hebrew Israelites? Great question. You know, yeah. What, what makes you that? Mm. Great so question. I think in this in this narrative that we're going to go through, uh, I think we're going to answer those particular questions. Yes. What's up with the Black Hebrew Israelites with Alan Parr and Mike Ringer, Christian evangelicals. Now, one of the things that you're going to hear as we as we play this, and we're going to play it and stop it and talk about what's being said, is that the majority of what's being said is misinformation. Mm. And it's norm establishing because the speakers are trying to establish a norm that defines Hebrew Israelites based upon their experience. Correct. Um, so we ask ourselves a question, well, 
what is a norm? Well, a norm is a standard, it's a model, it's a pattern, and it's there are things that are predictable. Mm. Many norms have been established over time. And just because a norm is established doesn't mean that it's true. Correct. So I'm going to open this discussion tonight with, with, with eight points. It's interesting that as I was working through uh, trying to come to some, some way of, it, of approaching this, that the Most High gave me eight points. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> That's a good number. <laughs> yeah, it's a good number. Uh, I first had seven, which is his complete number. And he said, "No, there's there's one more." Okay. So I, I want to talk. I want to talk about those eight points first sure. of all. As you listen to Sean and I, first understand that we're purists. We're not associated with any sect, cult, or religion. And that's because the Most High didn't make this a sect. He didn't make it a cult. Mm. And it's not a religion. It's a way of a way life. life. Hebrew Israel was given a way of life. And that particular uh, thought subject matter comes up all the time in text. Mm. This shall be a way of life for you. Mm -hmm. As we talk about scriptorial text, uh, we will interpret text uh, hermeneutically, text, pretext. Mm -hmm. We're not going to we're not going to spiritualize it. We're not going to change the narrative of the text. We're going to keep the text where it is, and we're going to explain it in light of uh, the Hebraic understanding of what the text is really talking about. Uh huh. We're not going to violate Yahweh's golden rule, Davarim, Devarim, chapter four. Verse 2, chapter 13, verse 1, which says, do not add to nor subtract from mm. what I'm telling you. Mm. So we're not going to add to any text. We're not going to subtract from any text. Four, please understand, <laughs> we're not angry. Not in the slightest. <laughs> we're not angry at the Hebrew Israelite Christians we're not anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. We're not angry at the Oxenazi uh, Jews. We completely understand. Uh, yeah, their purpose. Yeah. Their their purpose and role in history, mm -hmm. and how they're even recorded in scriptorial texts. Yeah, both in Bereshit chapter ten and Isaiah, and in Yeshayahu yes, yep. Isaiah chapter forty four. Yep. We're very clear in terms of their participation and you know uh up front i want to up front i want to give them their kudos sure you know because i want i want i want people to be to understand the oxenazi jews uh, the european jews have been favorable while they don't know it mm -hmm. but they have been favorable to hebrew israel in that they have preserved our culture yes they have preserved our language mm-hmm and they have given us something in this in this period of the opening of Daniel's revelation or Daniel's words or the most highest words to Daniel mm -hmm. to close up the book until the the Gentile period had come to its to its completion and then open the book and at that particular time knowledge would 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 be increased and so forth that's written in Daniel chapter 12 mm -hmm. so 
we are the product of the prophecy to Daniel at that particular time, because in uh, 1985, I think it is, with the opening of the World Wide Web, mm, then yes. knowledge increased. Correct. So we're not we're not pigeonholed or we're not boxed in without with, with the ability of not being able to get knowledge and understand. And a lot of things that are germane to Hebrew Israel, a lot of things that the Oxenazis hid from us and didn't want us to know, uh, now we can we can we can go get. Because I remember mm. uh in uh in in let me see about nineteen uh, no, about 2007, 2008, I was looking for, for some, for some, uh, material yeah. from them. Yes. And they wanted to know why I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And one group told me, well, <laughs> while I saw it on the internet was trying to buy it, they told me, well, it's not available. Mm. And I said, no, I'm looking at it right here. It's not available. I said, okay, fine. So uh, I, I understand. I understand what's going on. However, if the Most High has allowed knowledge, the books to be open and knowledge to increase, nobody can hold that knowledge back from you if you're really seeking and want to know, such as we have done yeah. in discovering ourselves. Uh, and please understand, uh, we... <laughs> As we talk about uh, Hebrew Christians, uh, from uh, 2007 until probably 2018? Yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. 2018, we were the same. Yes, yeah. We were the same. Right. And, and, and I think that needs to be needs to be said and even reiterated is that our 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 rhetoric and banter and our pontifications about what we're about to hear is in no shape or form trying to criticize Hebrew Israel or people who claim to be Hebrew Israel because we were there at one we time too right, right and we understand coming through and having the knowledge that the Most High has given us that gets us to this particular point. So no, by any means, not to the Hebrew Israelites, so-called Hebrew Israelites or Hebristians, I would like to call them, or any, let me just say it, white people or uh, Ashkenazis or whatever, we're not, we're not angry. We're not suffering from a trauma and then trying to inflect that on somebody no, no, else no, through no. the text. So it demeans someone else in able in, in, in order to harbor their ability to see the most high. Right. Because that, I think that's probably a very off putting for a lot of people is that I can't even see the most high because of the way that you're presenting right, him right. to me. Right. Right, right, right. So, you know, we're not angry, please mm -hmm. understand, and nor will we be rude. Right. We're not going to be rude. Right. Um, <laughs> our, our, our teacher, our teacher that we credit our position and connect our position to, which we call the goat. Yeah. Mashe was not a rude man. No, he wasn't. He was a gentle spirit. Yeah. And so in light of him, we come at this in this context. So, mm -hmm. and, 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 the, and the next thing is that we will never yell at anybody. 
we are taught in Torah in our law of Iikra, chapter 19, verse 17, not to hate your brother in your heart, but to rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you won't carry sin because of sin. Mm -hmm. Don't take vengeance on or bear a grudge against any of your people. Rather, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is this is the interesting thing about the text that I'm reading right now, uh-huh. is that if you read this text from the Masoretic, from the, from the Masoretic text, the Hebrew text, mm-hmm. the Most High signs that statement Say. by saying, I, I am Yahweh. Yeah. Talking about camps, you're going to hear language about camps. And I, I need to make this clear. The Most High El, Yahweh, does not have camps. To him, there is only Israel and the Hebrew people and those who join with Israel mm-hmm. and accept Israel's El and their way of life. Mm. By many texts in scripture, we believe that we are connected to our ancestors, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Yeah. That's what makes us pure, pure Hebrews, mm-hmm. Hebrew people. Uh, some, if we look at Bereshit chapter 14 and verse number 13, this establishes the, the origin and, it, it, and the, the, the um what's the word I'm looking for? It establishes the position of Hebrew Israel in the world. Mm. It comes out of this particular text here in Bereshit, which is Genesis chapter 14, 14, verse 13. Someone who had escaped came and told Avraham the Hebrew, mm. who was living by the oaks of Mambre and Imri, brother of Eschadal and brother of Anar, all of them allies of Aram, of Avram. So what you need to understand is that text defines Father Avraham as being a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Now, in many commentaries that have been produced, as we talked about this weekend in my dissertation on the Sabbath, yes. about medieval Eurocentric commentaries, Mm -hmm. these medieval Eurocentric commentaries uh, have made Father Avraham a Jew. Yeah. But, and Mashe a Jew, and Mm -hmm. all of our ancestors Jews. Our ancestors are not Jews, they're Hebrews. Hebrews. Let's understand. Mm -hmm. If Father Avraham is called a Hebrew in text, and Father Avraham gives birth to uh to 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 Yitzchak and Yitzchak Isaac gives birth to 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 Jacob and and Esau mm-hmm. and out of Jacob come the twelve sons yes. of Israel. All of those sons are Hebrew. Hebrews. They're right. not Jews. Right, right. And that's text. Yes, absolutely. That's text. Now, so that is that the camp that we belong to. We belong to the camp of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The Most High El did not give us a religion, which is what the majority of what Alan Parr is talking about. He's talking about religion. The Most High El gave to his people a way of life, and we believe, and and I I put a pin in this. Okay. Put a pin in this. Mm -hmm. We believe every word that has been spoken mm. out of the mouth, out of the spirit of the Most High 
to Mashe, his prophet servant. We believe every word that he has said. Absolutely. Without question. And finally, we speak from texts that's associated with what is defined as the Mazor or the Masoretic, which is much more consistent in structure and text than any manuscripts of any Christian Bible. Mm-hmm. And this is written, uh, th- this, is, this is taken from a source book called The Book, A History of the Bible by Christopher D. Hamill. Very mm-hmm. interesting book that talks about the creation of the, and the origin of what is today known as the Bible. So those are the eight points that uh, we want to speak, we want to speak from. I guess I should have PowerPointed them, but that's okay. You got them. Yep. You can run it back and listen to the listen eight to points again, again if you want to deal with it. Now, at this point, we're going to deal with the rebuttal. So we're going to open up the information on the board so that you can hear and we're going to pause it at certain points and we're going to rebut. And now this is not a debate. One of the things that people need to understand about me particularly, mm-hmm. I will never ever debate the most high's word. Correct. There's no pros and cons. A debate has pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I will never, I will never pros and con what the most high has said. Right. I'm going to say what it says. I'm going to leave it out there. That's what it is. Because when you start debating what the Most High has said, you you can you can you can border on the side of being very close to blaspheming yeah. the Most High. Yeah. I mean, I take this I take this very seriously. Absolutely. Very seriously. All right, here we go. Well, before before you, before you do that. Um I want to make sure that uh, because this is being broadcast on YouTube and this is uh, this is someone else's YouTube page that we're going to, that this is fair use. Um, I definitely want to make sure that that is said. This is fair use um, on what we're getting ready to do in response to, again, Hebrew, real, pure, organic Hebrew Israelites responding to uh, the accusations and um What's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for something eloquent. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. So the explanation of who we actually are. This is providing clarity. So the two individuals that are Christians that have been doing the expose on us will have a clear understanding of what we're about. Yes. Here we go. A Hebrew Israelite will translate the word Egypt as bondage. They won't say this refers to the actual place of Egypt on the map, they'll say it really represents bondage. So let's read it from their perspective. The Lord shall bring African people into bondage to America with ships. That's how we got there. The Hebrew Israelites. Now, um, you may have heard of them as the black Hebrew Israelites, but just so you know, that they, that's a derogatory term. They, they don't, they don't associate with the black Hebrew. It's Hebrew Israelites. Cause they don't, they don't believe that it has to do with their ethnicity or the color of their skin or anything like that. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to kind of shorten this one uh, because there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about as it relates to this. And the first thing guys that I'm going to say about the Hebrew Israelites is that they're not monolithic. All right. They're not monolithic, which basically means that with each group that you meet, there's variances. There's all sorts of different 
groups that you're going to meet, camps of people that you're going to meet. And I'm going to give you a few of them here. So just know that when you're talking to somebody who is a Hebrew Israelite, and I'm going to say this later when I talk about the tips on how to really reach them, the first thing that you had better figure out before you make an assumption about what this person's view is or their beliefs is what camp are they coming from and what sect of Hebrew Israelites are they coming from? So, uh, great place to, great place to pause it. <laughs> now we got to clarify that. The first thing that we need to deal with in Mr. Parr's statement <laughs> is about Hebrew Israelites are not monolithic. Now, I will concur that Hebrew Israelites that call themselves Hebrew, there's a, there are many different houses mm -hmm. of Hebrew Israelites in America. That does not mean that because there are many different houses of Hebrew Israelites in America that Hebrew Israelites are not monolithic. So, Let's take, let's take this statement to text. Okay. When we talk about Yahweh's exiled empire, his very large exiled out of the land and dispersed, we were dispersed to the four corners of the earth where our people have procreated within the nations. As is written in Daniel, I mean in Devarim chapter 4, verses 20, 25 through 31. So let's 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 read now and now now understand as as I read this text in light of what's being said Hebrew Israelites being dispersed into the four corners of the wor of the world makes Hebrew Israelites monolithic even if we're fractured and have not come together as a whole that's that's for a later time. Correct. So let's read. Okay. Read. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I, I shouldn't have done that. That's lividity, y'all. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter four, verse mm -hmm. twenty-five. When you have had children, grandchildren, live long in the land, become corrupt, and made a carved image, a representation of something and thus done what is evil in the sight of Yahweh your Elohim, mm -hmm. and provoke him. I call on the sky and earth to witness against you today that you will quickly, you will quickly, dis you will quickly despair from the land, disappear from the land, excuse me, that you are crossing the garden to possess. You will, you will not prolong your days there, but will be completely destroyed. This is the verse that's critical to the text of the dispersion. Yahweh will scatter you among the peoples and among the nations to which Yahweh will lead you away. You will be left few in number. Mm. Note that he uses two, two terms. I will scatter you amongst people and among the nations. nations. Yeah. There you will serve gods which are the product of human hands made of wood and stone, which can't see, hear, eat, or smell. However, from there, you will seek Yahweh, your Elohim, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and being. 
in your distress when all these things have come upon you in the Akarit Hayamin. Akarit Hayamin is the last days. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do. Please understand, this text has got nothing to do with Babylonian captivity. This is in the last Last days. days. As a matter of fact, the last days, uh, uh, y'all have been hearing (laughs) in your own pulpits. Yep. Your pastors talk about children. We're living in the last days and 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 Jesus can come at any time. Mm-hmm. You've been hearing that narrative. So we know this text is talking about the last days. Mm-hmm. In your distress, when all these things come upon you in the last days, you'll return to Yahweh, your Elohim. Listen to what he says. For Yahweh, your Elohim is a merciful El. He will not fail you, destroy you, or forget the covenant of your ancestors, which he swore to you. Why did I read all this? I read all this because I want you to understand that while it's been said that Hebrew Israel is not monolithic, Hebrew Israel in this exile is a empire in exile. Right. We are. And we have a we have a leader. It's correct. Our leader is the Most High. Is the Most High L? Absolutely, without question. Yeah, I mean, understand about Hebrew Israel, about pure Hebrew Israel. When we read texts, you'll find that pure Hebrew Israel is in exile, and our text is going to say, I forget where it is. I didn't look it up because it's just not coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you're without a, you're without a king in exile, you're without Kohanim in exile, you're without a temple in exile. Mm -hmm. So we don't have in this exile all of the things that would make us whole. Correct. As if we were in the land. Yeah. And then when you look at, let me me just kind of add this as we're finishing up this particular bullet point. Everything that we see in text has to deal with something that is monotheistic. We have one L, Devarim chapter 6, verse 4. Oh, hear, Israel, Yahweh is one. Yeah. Where there's not two or three or four. We don't, ha- we don't have multiplicity. There's one land. There's one law. There's a uh, 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 um, uh, one nation of people. There aren't these dichotomies. It's, there's, it's like saying there's two different United States of Americas. There, no, there's only one. There's only one. And so, there's only one Israel in the mind of the Most High. Right. So the camps that Mr. Parr is talking about are people that are kind of matriculating into this purest idea. As long as they stay with the Most High, I, I just don't see how they can t- continue to have, be fractured with the, the the mixing of different things into this monotheistic. But we have, again, one king forever. We don't have multiplicities of things. It's one of everything. Yes. Period, the end of story. So when we get back to purists, we're monotheistic. We're monotheistic. And a monolith. Let me just give you a few different um, groups in terms of what they believe about divine authority. All right. Now, this is really this group is really, really uh, they're They're hard to pin down uh, because there's so many different beliefs. But first and foremost, you have the groups that are the Torah only. 
So you're going to have some groups out there where the only five books of the Bible that they um, believe is divine truth is just the Torah. That's it. First five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. And the rest of it you can throw out. The rest of it, is, there's no real value from it. Okay, so you're going to have those people that are in the Hebrew Israelite camp. And then Torah only. Let's talk about Torah only. Okay. What would you say? What would you say? What would I Torah say? Torah only. Yeah. Purist. I mean, we're purist. From a purist standpoint, yeah. I, I would say that that does not, that description doesn't fit us. And this is how I would answer it. Um, oh, well, 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 hold on now. Does it, does it or does it? Because we're, we're, we're purists. We're purists to the extent that we are Torah compliant. Yeah, we're, we're Torah compliant. But let's explain what Torah is. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. Okay. So Torah, mm, this is, this is going to be interesting. Well, and here's the reason I bring this up. Not to cut you off. Okay. When he makes a point that there are groups that are Torah only. Yeah. Mr. Parr. Parr does not know, along with a majority of people mm -hmm. coming into this Hebraic way, they do not know what Torah is. Correct. So the clarification on what Torah is, Torah is the is the definition of all of our mitzvot, our commandments, our governing laws upon which the nation of Hebrew Israel is to abide by. Torah is inside the first five books that have been written by the goat Moshe. Okay, so from a generality standpoint, People refer to the first five books as the Torah, but to the Hebrew purist, Torah specifically speaks to the parameters, laws, statutes, governances of our nation of Hebrew Israel. That's what Torah is. Yeah, and this is written, and this is written in Devarim uh, chapter four. Yeah, you know, Devarim chapter four is one of the coldest. It's, it's one of the yeah, <laughs> coldest chapters that yeah. you can read. It outlines so much. Right. But yeah, you're correct. It outlines that that specific idea. And so we also, this is also an Askenazian word. It's a made up word called the Tanakh, which you're going to, they're going to probably refer to it as the old testament or the old covenant we don't use we those don't, types we, of terminology to term. explain no, it no, no but what that represents is the ketuvim and the nevi'im the ketuvim being the writings and the nevi'im being the prophets major and minor prophets right so they take the torah the, the t out of it and they take the n out of the nevi'im and the k and they make this made-up word called a tanakh which is the compendium of what basically people call the old testament and the reason i'm going to say for us what we study from is the Masoretic text. And I like to refer to it as that, to, as, to not have any confusion right. about what we're actually right. studying. Right. And that Masoretic text goes beyond the confines of what you've seen in your canonized Bible called the quote unquote Old Testament, because it does get into the apocryphal books as well. You can't discount the apocryphal books because the apocryphal books in the Masoretic text are referred to, especially in Second Chronicles. You have re references to in Yahashua uh, chapter ten um, about the uh, book of Yasher. All these types of things are within that confine. So, 
we got it. That first bullet point up there is very misleading. To say the very least. Yes, yes, yes. So this, we need to explain what Torah is before right. we say that they're only they're Torah only. Let's look at listen to the rest of this. Then you also have people who are going to subscribe to the whole Bible, but you're also adding on the Apocrypha. So you have the New Testament, the Old Testament, and the Apocrypha. All right. So that's another camp of people. So you already can see why it's important for you, first and foremost, to figure out who am I talking to and which camp are they in? Because if you just assume that, okay, this person only believes in the Torah, you're going to get into some deep waters where they're going to say, no, no, what are you talking about? You're misrepresenting me. We believe in the whole Bible, right? So you got to make sure you know where you're coming from. So he brings up this, this statement of call camps. Let's, let's talk about camps. As I stated in the opening, the Most High, Yah, Yahweh, mm -hmm. does not have camps of Hebrew Israelites. That's right. The ethnicity, the ethnicity of Israel by text is Hebrew and not a, and not a sect. I've already defined for you who Father Abraham is written in text. Mm -hmm. Go tell the Hebrew Abraham. Abraham's a Hebrew. The 12 sons of Hebrew, uh, the 12 sons of Israel come out of the loins of Father Abraham. They're all Hebrews. They're not a sect. Right. Sect is religious jargon religious jargon mm -hmm. and it's referred to in 2414 when Shaul says I'm I am of the sect I believe in the way and, and the, way, the prophets yeah. and everything that's there mm -hmm. that's that's religious jargon mm -hmm. that has been inserted into the narrative once again I'm going to go back to the individuals who have provided us all these years with quote quote uh an understanding that is outside the Hebrew text, the Mazora. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, commentaries, Bibles, all the all the Bibles that you have have been written by Eurocentrics. Mm. Every last one of them. I gave a narrative of them in my dissertation on this past Sabbath. There okay. are a bunch of them, but they're all written by Eurocentrics. We've come to realize that there are a majority of commentaries that have been written by Eurocentric medieval media, during the medieval period. And all of this jargon has filtered into the, into the biblical narratives that people are reading, right. which is not, which, which violates, which violates our golden rule. You shall not add to, to nor shall you take, take away. away from. So exactly. the most high doesn't have camps. We, we, you and I, Sean, we're mm -hmm. purists. Mm -hmm. We are not religious. The Most High gave us a way of life. We are of the camp. If we're going to talk about camps, which he doesn't have. Right. But we are that which the Most High has ordained with Mashe being our master teacher. Yes. So let's be fair. Yeah. Uh, while he speaks about different camps of Hebrew Israelites, which there are, and there are also many camps or sects of Christianity. There are too many for me to name, but I have a, I have a source book at 
in my office is called the Book of Denominations, yeah. the new 10th edition by Frank Mead and Samuel Hill. Yeah. And the number that's in that book has grown since the printing, since the printing of it. So you want to talk about sex and camps? Uh, there are there are I mean, a multiplicity yeah. of sex and camps within the Christian narrative. Correct. Besides you, uh, watch yourself, Robert. Besides you, the <laughs> evangelicals. I mean, you've got Catholicism is Christianity. That's correct. That's camp. That's correct. Uh, Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints, FDLS. That, that, they're Christian. They're that's, Christians. That's a camp. Uh, the so-called Hebrew Israelites, that's a, a sect of Christianity. Christianity. That's a camp. Yeah. Uh, and we could we could go on and, and name a whole bunch of other denominations. Let me put it to you this way. Mm -hmm. Every denomination that has as its theological premise, Christianity is a camp. Mm. Hebrew Israel, pure Hebrew Israel, is not, we yeah. are not a camp. We don't have denominations. That's correct. We believe and hold to that which our forefathers received from from Mashe mm -hmm. that Mashe received from the Most High. Yes, that's where that's where we are. Very eloquently put. Very yeah. Now, we talks about this the Bibles and so forth and so on. I, I want to talk about that while I'm while I'm in pause here. We purists, Sean, we believe. Not the Bible. We don't believe the Bible. The word Bible comes from the Greek word biblica. Biblica is the construct of that which the Eurocentrics have placed on the narrative old and new. And new. Mm -hmm. But let's hear what What's, what's here? Okay. We believe in the scriptures and their stated purpose as the Greek text has inter inserted into their, and I'm going to say this, uninspired text. I've got to say it. Okay. It's uninspired. And I know some of you will fight me on this, but... When I talk about it being uninspired, I have to ask the question, where in the Greek text does the Most High speak and say, I am Yahweh? Exactly. There's no signature. There's, there's no saying, signature. I'm stamping this. My stamp of approval is on this. The Greek text goes on the narrative of saying somebody said. Mm -hmm. But who's the somebody that said? That's right. They never tell you who the somebody has said. Mm -hmm. yeah. While it is in the Hebrew text, we know who's speaking. Mm -hmm. We know who's speaking to who and what for. That's correct. But in 2 Timothy mm -hmm. chapter 2.16, uh, because it's one aspect of that book that happens to be true, it says all scripture is L-breathed, and is valuable for teaching the truth, convicting of sin, correcting faults, 
and training in right living, thus anyone who belongs to L may be fully equipped for every good work. Now, that's that's what our text that's what our text supports. Yes. It gives us laws and rulings mm-hmm. so that we will know how to not sin. It gives us valuable teaching mm-hmm. that is truth. And it teaches us how to be equipped, which is the reason why we can sit before these mics this evening mm-hmm. and deal with this subject matter because we're equipped to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the third thing is uh, some of them believe in the Bible, right? Now, once again, how they interpret the Bible, as we're going to see in just a moment, is very different oftentimes than how we would interpret it. But some will will say, okay, no, we are of the camp where we're Hebrew Christians and we believe in the entire he said it just there, right he there. Said he it. says we're Hebrew, Hebrew Christians. We're, we're that's, Hebrew a, Christians. that's the majority of okay. what's out there. <laughs> Please understand. <laughs> out of his own Rabbi, mouth. Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. <laughs> and Ambassador Sean Appleton and the congregation that I serve, First Tabernacle Fellowship, we are not influenced by any Christian narrative. We were. At one time, we've yeah. come. We've, we've come down that road. Yeah. But we've evolved by the by the leading of, of the Ruach. Absolutely, yeah. The Ruach is the set-apart spirit. He has led us to be able to see clearly the difference between that which is set-apart and that which is not set-apart. Mm-hmm. And we've, he's shown us clearly the distinction between truth and non-truth. Mm-hmm. And if we're looking at a document that has some truth in it but not all truth it makes it a half truth and a half truth is a whole lie that's right that's right (laughs) bible no apocrypha same bible that you believe okay so that's another camp and the fourth camp and this is the one i want to talk about for just a moment is old testament and new testament but no paul not, no Paul's letters, right? We don't, we don't believe in Paul's letters. And you have to understand the, the ideology behind this. And we're, we're going to get into this in just a second. But the idea is this. Many, many Hebrew Israelites in this camp will deny the divine authority of Paul's letters because they believe that white slave owners would utilize certain passages in Paul's letters as uh, I guess, as a proof text or um, establishing the right to enslave or to uh, to enslave people, right? To enslave Africans, right? And whenever the transit. Where's the button? I got to hit that one. Hit the button on that one. Wherever you got that from, Mr. Parr, they are so far off the reservation. I. I'm, I'm speechless at that one. I, I've, I Have you run across anybody that's like that? No. I'm like, who are these people? No. You know, but it's interesting historically Mm. that Paul's letters do come up in the narrative of being questionable, Mm. but not for the reason that Mr. Parr has indicated. Yeah, this this last point here is... Historically, in historical writings... Um, concerning Shaul's letters, 
there is a gentleman that was part of Constantine's, one of Constantine's writers of the New Testament. And history records, his name is uh, Eusebius. But Eusebius did not like Torah. He did not like the rules and the laws and instructions that were written in Torah that Shaul had written into many of his letters. Mm-hmm. So many of Shaul's letters historically mm-hmm. are tainted by the by the uh, by the subtraction of what he said and the addition that appeased the Eurocentrics in promulgating their their new religion. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that Paul Shaul can't speak out of two sides of his mouth. Yeah. And 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 you have to also realize that over four hundred thousand history records that over 400,000 of the Hebrew writings of that period were destroyed and burned by the Greeks. Mm. But they kept some of it. Mm. This is one piece they kept. Mm. Acts 24, 14. This is what Shaul says. But this I do admit to you. I worship the El of our fathers in accordance with the way which they call a sect. Now, I want you to notice, I want you to note something that as I read this, this is an insertion into the document mm. where it okay. says, which they call a sect. That's an insertion. Okay. Mm-hmm. He says, I continue to believe everything that accords with the Torah and everything written in the prophets. And I continue to have a hope in L, which they too accept that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous. Uh, Indeed, it is because of this that I make a point of always having a clear conscience in the sight of El Mm. and man. Now, I have to point out something here. Okay. I have to point out to you that in the majority, and not in majority, in all Eurocentric inspired Bibles, they use two words that are that are cover up words that don't define the most high. One of them is God and the other one is Lord. They use them interchangeably mm-hmm. over six thousand eight hundred plus times in Eurocentric Bibles, they have used Lord and God to replace the name of the Most High. Mm. So now when you're reading scripture text, you don't know, and, and since they've interjected this other guy and called him Lord and God, you don't know whether they're talking about the opulent spirit who has created all things or this person in flesh. Mm. So now Shaul here is being very clear He's saying, he's saying, I continue to have hope in Yahweh, which they too accept Mm -hmm. that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous. Indeed, it is because of this, I I make a point of always having a clear conscience in the sight of Yahweh Mm -hmm. and man. He's clear in that. Very clear. Okay. Just want to make sure that we understand where where his shout was coming. So what... What what Mr. Parr is saying here in this particular text, let's 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 back it up a minute here and, and, and repeat it. Okay. 
Think we're, think we're there. Jake, yep. Camp where we're Hebrew Christians and we believe in the entire Bible, no apocrypha, same Bible that you believe. Okay, so that's another camp. And the fourth camp, and this is the one I want to talk about for just a moment, is Old Testament and New Testament, but no Paul. Not, no Paul's letters, right? We don't, we don't believe in Paul's letters. And you have to understand the, the ideology behind this. And we're, we're going to get into this in just a second. But the idea is this. Many, many Hebrew Israelites in this camp will deny the divine authority of Paul's letters because they believe that white slave owners would utilize certain passages in Paul's letters as, uh, I guess, as a proof text or um, establishing the right to enslave or to, uh, to enslave people, right? To enslave Africans, right? So whenever the transatlantic uh, slave trade, which we're going to get into in just a moment. And so they believe that, hey, Paul teaches that, you know, slaves should obey their masters and this and that and the other. So mm. we don't believe that Paul is inspired by God. So you have. I got to take a deep breath there. Nothing Shaul says about slavery bothers a purist. And this is because purists understand these texts and its rightful meaning as it's used in the Hebraic text. That's right. And the second part of this is that we don't read from a Macbethian language. We sure don't. So and 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 please understand, we don't read, um, we don't read, um, we don't we don't read we don't read in that style. The 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 Mazora does not read in that style. Yeah, it, had, it doesn't that parlance and vernacular now, that's used. There's language in our Masoretic text mm -hmm. which talks about the Most High would deliver his people from the bondage of Mitzrayim mm -hmm. and slavery. That mm -hmm. was bondage. Yes. Okay? But we also know that the usage of the word slave in text is not a proper word. Correct. The word should be servant. That's right. It's, it's, it should be. And that... But once again, mm. once again, this is what's been inserted into Bibles mm -hmm. by our Eurocentric interpreters of Scripture that don't map back to what is true. I might as well say this now because you're going to hear it earlier. <laughs> I, I, I've just got purists. We're, we're not King James only. Matter of fact, fact, yeah, we don't even read the King James. That's right. We, yeah, we read. Purists, what, yeah, go ahead. purists don't even use that text <laughs> as for as for stated. The Mazor or the Masoretic text is much more consistent in structure, and the text of the manuscripts of Christian than the than the than the text in the in the in the uh, Christian Bibles. So when he says that we that Hebrews use the King James, we don't use the we King James that, at yeah. all. Yeah, matter of fact, looking over the list of, of, of different criteria that's there, I don't see one that fits a purist standpoint at all. No. 
So again, this is two Christians evaluating Hebrew Christians. Now, let's, 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 before we get there, let's talk about something. If we look at Shaul historically, Shaul, by his pedigree, he defines himself as a Pharisee. Yeah. The Pharisee sect was one of the purest sects in Hebrew Israel. He calls himself a Hebrew of Hebrews, a... Yep. a yeah, my pedigree, I, I've, if no one knew the, the Masoretic text of the law better than I. Right. I studied under Rabbi Gamaliel. Right, and, and right, he's, he's giving right. you the list of his criteria. Basically, this is, I have a PhD and a, and a, and a master's degree and so on and so right, forth. If this right. was modern day times. Right. So if this were modern day times, he would be speaking from that perspective. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I've got to give. You, you, you know he's he's kind of my 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 my, my side boy, <laughs> okay? Because I, 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 I don't I don't I don't I'm not I'm not kicking him out with the bathwater because he's been he's been his writings have been tainted. Sure, absolutely okay, by Eurocentrics. Absolutely, absolutely. So the purist eliminates. We eliminate the King James. Mm -hmm. Let's go on. Oops. That camp. All right. You have that camp as well. Now, another one as well. And, and basically all of these camps do have one thing in common. They're pretty much all King James only. So if you're ever going to talk to a Hebrew Israelite, just know that more than likely they're going to be quoting the King James. And that's it. Uh, another thing that you want to think about is this is so important. They stress a strict adherence to the Old Testament law, which I'm going to mm. talk about in just a moment. That is their thing. That is their go-to because, once again, Hebrew Israelites. So they're still trying to uh, trying to associate themselves with the religious uh, system, if you will, of the Hebrew culture. Hit the okay. button. Hit the button. Okay, so I got an issue that I, I, I take some exception to the issue of you calling it uh, religion. I have to provide some correction there. It's not religion. It is the parameters upon which a nation of people are to govern themselves, it's the way they behave and interact with nature, the way they interact with each other, the way we operate from the top down, from our leaders, from tribesmen, clansmen, to the individual himself. It talks about how we're to treat our own bodies, how we're to behave. This is not something that's religious. If someone comes to me from another country and says that they want to be a part of uh, be a part of the United States or they want to be a part of, of a Mexican citizen or they want to be a, a, a Canadian citizen, they're going to come in and they're not going to call it a religion. It's the laws and statutes of that particular country I have to abide by when I'm in that land. So I take exception to classifying the Old Testament as the laws as a religion. It's not a religion. Well, well, well uh, let me say. That's just my two cents. I had to, yeah, I, okay, to throw Okay, okay. My, my question is this. Sure. Where in scripture, either side, one is scripture, one is commentary on scripture. Mm -hmm. I don't consider the New Testament scripture. I consider it commentary 
on scripture and it's a bad commentary. And actually, let me, let me add it. It's, it's a commentary on, it's got epistles and letters in there that are commentaries on scripture and a biography of one particular man's life through what they call the gospels. So the question is, where in scripture text does the Most High L say anything about what he has spoken as ever being old? Nowhere. So, Nowhere. So now we have to ask ourselves, what's the origin of that term? The Most High gave to Israel not anything that was old. He gave to them a Brit, which is a covenant. Covenant, yes. Now, my next question is, if the Most High gave us and the covenants, the covenants are in our text. That's right. Matter of fact, yeah, you can. It's every covenant, every covenant that has been spoken out of the mouth of the Most High is in the Hebrew text. That's right. Now, when has the Most High violated his covenant? Never. Nowhere. You'll never find it. If the Most High issued a covenant, where has he ever broken any of them? Nowhere. So. As a matter of fact, they talk about him being everlasting. Exactly. So now then we have terminology that is derived from Eurocentric theologians in order to support this Christian religion. Now, I, 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 I got to tell you something. You got to be careful how you open your mouth about calling the most highs something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Because if, when we start calling things that the Most High has said and put into place something that it's not, you're 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 very close to if you haven't already, you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. And obviously, the seminary or cemetery, <laughs> the seminary <laughs> that you went to didn't teach you to be careful how you speak about things that have been spoken about the Most High. That's right. So now, with the voice of authority for which that he's speaking, mm -hmm. he obviously does not have a single clue about the veracity and the ostentatiousness and the reverence that one needs to have when you speak about anything that the Most High has signed, I am Yahweh. He yeah. signed his name to. That's right. Gotta That's be careful. Right. Yes, very careful. Totally agreed. All right, so uh, the strict adherence to the Old Testament law. And then the last thing I'll say about... <laughs> Can't let that one go either. <laughs> We don't have an Old Testament law. No, it's not now. It's not. And, and who said it was an Old Testament law? Once again, I get back to who coined, who coined that phrase? It, did that phrase come up out of scripture text? Or is that something that once again has been inserted into the Eurocentric narrative? Can I, can I pause you for a second? You know what this is like to me right now? I just had this, this cathartic um, experience. This is like when we here in the United States have been given a narrative about a particular group of people that 
when you actually, and I'm on, I'm, what my references is that all our imagery and pictures and propaganda that come out of the United States in particular about a specific continent, which I'm going to call Africa, is brought to you a certain way. And so you really don't understand it until you actually go there and you're able to experience it for yourself. So all the things that they're going to put on on top of it, you're just going to be like, well, that's what it is. So when you use terms that are germane to like old and done away with and religious, this is the idea that you come into understanding the most high's word and text. And it's 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 not put in its proper context. So I just had to throw that in there because it just brought my mind back to the fact that the experiences that we have, unless you have experiential knowledge with it and understand it, piggyback on what you're saying, please be careful about how you classify something that the Most High has written. When you talk about strict adherence to Torah, Torah law, mm. I have to ask a question from tax. How is one supposed to reconcile the factors that are written in the helium, that's Hebrew for Psalms, chapter 19, verses 8 through 12? Mm. Now, the gentleman has, has called this old, this is old Torah law, but let's hear what the psalmist says. Sure. 19. Verse 8, the precepts of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The mitzvahs, mitzvahs, or the commandments of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever, enduring forever. The rulings of Yahweh are true. Now, these rulings, which he's referring to, are old and religious. Text says the rulings of Yahweh are true. true. They are righteous altogether, mm -hmm. more desirable than gold, than much fine gold, also sweeter than honey or dripping from the honeycomb. honeycomb. Mm -hmm. Through them, your servant is warned in obeying them. There is great, great reward. reward. Mm -hmm. So... How does this become old religion? This is not old religion. The Most High here in Psalms is not talking about something old. This is in place. Mm -hmm. People from the nations and those associating with them can do whatever they want to do. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Mm -hmm. But we pure Hebrewists mm -hmm. that are pure Hebrews, we cannot. Correct. We have to hold to what did the Most High say? Correct. Next question. Is the written word of Most High in the Mazorah, in the Masoretic text, is that inspired by the Most High? Or is that the writings of a man? And if you tell me it's the writing of, of Moses, well, he's a man, but who told him to write it? See, yeah, the, he's writing yeah. at the behest of the Most High because the Most High has given him that assignment. Correct. Uh, just like many Christians say, oh, God called me to do so-and-so and so. -and -so. Right. Masha was called to do this. Right. And he can prove. He has, he has, I'm starting to holler, huh? Mm. No, you just, you just, you just. He, he has valid proof throughout a body of work that the opulent, set-apart spirit ordained him to speak, 
write and teach Hebrew Israel. Absolutely. You've got Devarim chapter four. You've also have uh, Shemot chapter 34, where he tells him to write down the covenant. He tells him specifically. Where's, where's, where, where is that in the yeah, only yeah, other yeah, side? Yeah. And, and where, where y'all, where, where's y'all's witnesses? Who called you? How do I know he called you? Mm. You said he called you, but I ain't got no, I have no verification that he called you. That's right. That's right. Let's go on. We're going to get, we're going to do a couple of more, maybe oh, yeah, one this more is of these. Series, and we're going yeah. we're going to call it for the night. Okay. Cause we're, this, this is going to take us a couple of, a couple of shots to get, we're only, we're only five minutes and 16 minutes into a 20 to a 20 minute yeah, podcast. We're, we're only a quarter of a way through yeah, it. So we're going to, this is going to take us a couple, a couple of shots to get through all this. Okay. About their divine authority is that, you need to be very careful whenever you talk to them, which we'll talk about in just a moment, because they are very, very well studied in the Old Testament law. So if you're not, if you're not up on your Old Testament law, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in terms of how you interact with them. You may want to strongly consider whether you want to get into a discussion with them, because I'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Yes. Because what that's saying is that these individuals that you're getting ready, if you are a Christian and you decide you want to have a conversation with them, you had better know what you're talking about because they are well versed in that book. That is a compliment. That's not a negative. Right. If anything, that's a dig on his own folks to say, y'all are not equipped too much to deal with these people in this particular vernacular because they'll run circles around you. And if you are not up on game, if you are not well-read and well-studied, they will talk you into the into Sheol. So, uh, <laughs> have, be up on, be up on your, on your text. Yeah. So I, I accept the compliment. Yeah. But the problem is, is that we talk about, she owes the grave. Law of Torah. Um, there aren't very many people. There aren't very many people at all who know what that is. Mm -hmm. They don't. I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest it there. Let's move on because I want to get. I want to get to this last point here. Okay. Let's get into some good stuff here about them. What are some of their beliefs? Now, this gets very, very interesting. And hopefully you'll see after I go through this, how easy it is for cults to emerge and how they can Oof. take certain parts of the Bible and draw out a theology that is from a complete mis misinterpretation of it. So here's the idea, guys. I, I, you that know, almost needs to put your podcast I, 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 in itself. Yeah, I, I, you know, I... I, I let let I I I gotta stop it there. Sure. He refers to Hebrew Israelites and talks about how the Hebrew Israelites' interpretation of scripture text can be derived into a cult. Mm. Um Jim Jones was a Christian. Sure was. Um, a lot of people died. Yep. And uh, through that Christian cult that Jim Jones uh, perpetrated. Right. And there's another one like David Koresh in Texas. David Koresh it's, in Texas. Yeah, I think so. Uh, was a cult. Yep. And that was a Christian cult. And they uh, misinterpreted or mis 
had a different idea of what was what. Now, we purists, now we purists, we're connected to Father Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Mashe is our master teacher. Mm-hmm. We're not a cult. Not a cult. If you refer to a purist Hebrews as a cult, then you will be on dangerous ground of being blasphemous against the Most High El, who is the only set-apart spirit, who has given to all mankind his rules and regulations. So now let's talk about this Old Testament law that you're talking about. And let's hear what the Most High has said in Bamidbar, Numbers chapter 15, verse 15. For this community, there will be the same law for you mm-hmm. as for the foreigner living with you. This is a permanent regulation through all your generations. Does that say all? Is excuse to me, be excuse, treated. Excuse me, did it say all? Or did I, I, it say some? No, it said all. All, okay. I just want to make sure that oh, that's oh, right. Come, I'm going to read it, then I'm going to come back to okay, it. Okay, all oh, right. I'm, I'm, oh, oh, no, we, we, <laughs> we, 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 we got we to press this point. Uh, okay. The foreigner is to be treated the same way before Yahweh as yourselves. The same Torah or law and the standard of judgment will apply to both you and the foreigner living with you. Now let's go back. Let's hear the text. Okay. This community or this law is for the foreigner living with you. This is a permanent. permanent. How do you eradicate? How does permanent become old? It doesn't. And how how do you dismiss through all your generations? You can't. So if it's through all your generations, then it's it it has it has no limit in terms of time. That's right. As long as man is upon the face of this earth, mm-hmm. and the redemption has not taken place, this law, these laws that the Most High has given to Hebrew Israel, is not just for Hebrew Israel. But it is also for the foreigner. That's correct. Who has joined with you. And it will apply to both you and the foreigner living with you. So that's the reason why I can come back and say that as purists, we're not those people that stand on the corner being angry, being rude, Mm. and being disrespectful to the foreigner mm-hmm. because our Torah law, Correct. which is not old, but current forbids us from doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so please, please understand before you refer to and make a norm that is related to Hebrew Israelites, be careful who you're including in that norm because there are people like myself and Ambassador Appleton and the congregation that we serve, and we're not the only pure Hebrew congregation in the world. We're not the only one. We're probably the loudest making noise, Mm -hmm. but we're not alone. Mm -hmm. 
to call them a cult. Mm. The Lamba tribe in Africa are probably one of the purest of purest Hebrew Israelite people. They're mm -hmm. documented. Mm -hmm. And you're going to call them a cult? Mm. They don't even know they don't <laughs> even know what, what a New Testament is. Correct. And there are other there are other um African components in the continent that are purists. May, may I be so bold as to say that our text, Masoretic text that the Most High assigned and put his stamp on has disallowed us from actually engaging in idol worship of men or anything in the air or in the sea below or whatever it may be. There's only one that we're supposed to serve. So by definition, we could label something else a cult because it is introducing things that are blasphemous and not set apart by the Most High, which the Most High has designated his people to be. Yeah, let's close out. Let me close out with something here, Sean. Sure. If I can find it here. Uh, where's my, where my Bible at? We're gonna we're 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 gonna hold this discussion right here. Absolutely. On, on this point, we'll be back with it uh, next week in our podcast. But let me go to Devarim chapter number thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. And I want to read. I got to read here as we close out. Devarim thirteen. Where are we starting at? The 13? Most High says. Okay. The Most High says. Mm -hmm. Everything I'm commanding you, you are to take care to do. Do not add to it or subtract from it. If a prophet or someone who gets messages while dreaming arises among you and he gives you a sign or wonder, and the sign or wonder comes about as he predicted when he said, let's follow other gods which you have not known and let us serve them. You are not to listen to what that prophet or dreamer says. Mm -hmm. For Yahweh, your Elohim, is testing you in order to find out whether or not you really love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart and being. It's mm -hmm. a test. You are to follow Yahweh, your Elohim, fear him, obey, obey his mitzvot, listen to what he says, serve him, and, and cling, cling to, to him. him. That's what a purist does. The Most High is speaking. As I come to close tonight, I'm not going to read the rest of it because, mm -hmm. because the narrative that's here mm -hmm. is one that's trying to define a Hebrew Israelite. Correct. And he's trying to establish a norm for Hebrew Israelites that the whole world can, can ascribe to when right. they engage a Hebrew Israelite. Correct. If you engage me, I will be kind I will be courteous and we'll we can, yeah. we can, <clears throat> we can together walk through scripture text and ask a question who's speaking. Mm -hmm. We can go to Yeshayahu and we can read from Yeshayahu where he says, whose report shall we believe? Mm -hmm. The text in the Greek text, we shall believe the report of the Lord. But remember, Lord is interjected in the Bible's 6,800 plus times as a cover-up for the Most High's name, name, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So 
Isaiah saying, whose report shall we believe? We'll believe the report of Yahweh. Yahweh. Yes. Just that simple. We're going to cut it. We're going to stop it here because place, we're, we're, yeah. we can't it's get good. through all this in one night. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> we hope that we've given you something to, to think about as you've listened to this particular podcast. And since you know what it is and where it is, you might want to pull it up and listen to the 20 minute narrative yourself. And you might have some questions that <clears throat> you want to send us that we haven't answered Great. that, that, that we can answer, or you might want to uh, email us <clears throat> at our email address at FDF. Uh, um, what is our email? Is? I think it's uh, FDF, FDF at, at firsttab.org. Firsttab yeah. I mean, if you go to our webpage, First Tabernacle Fellowship, you can find out how to reach us by an email and we can answer any questions that you have. But please understand, mm -hmm. this debunking of this is necessary because I personally will not allow anybody to pigeonhole the Most Highest people that he created through the loins of Father Abraham and distinguish them as a cult. Mm -hmm. I will not allow anybody to call what the Most High has put in place old, antiquated, mm -hmm. or a religion. Yeah, I won't do it. Yeah, we 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 live through that as a I, culture of people. Yeah, I am an ambassador. Yeah, for the opulent nation of Yahweh's exiled empire. Empire. I speak on behalf of the nation from my father's Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. and Yaakov. Well, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. Until next time, this we say, is Hebrews in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom. All right. That was good. Okay, let's mark it. Where are we at? <laughs> We're marking at 606.